Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. Every month we choose a cookbook, make lots of recipes from it, and then get together to share some of the dishes we made. We talk about what worked, what didn't, and whether this is a cookbook we can't live without. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. This week we're talking about Dinner in an Instant by Melissa Clark. Melissa Clark is a prolific American food writer, cookbook author, and New York Times columnist. She's written more than 40 cookbooks and has been recognized by the James Beard Foundation for her work. Dinner in an Instant is a book of 75 modern recipes for the pressure cooker or Instant Pot. We had a cookbook club gathering for this book, and it was a good one with some representation from every section. It's become a standby in my home kitchen, and we're excited to talk more about it with you. Renee, tell us a little bit about the book itself. This is not a huge cookbook. It's pretty small, very narrowly focused on the pressure, the electric pressure cooker. There is some photography in the cookbook. There's not a photo for every recipe, but there are some like very beautiful photos for many recipes. And there are different sections that really cover a huge breadth of what you can do with your instant pot, including a section on yogurt, cheese and eggs, meats, seafoods, grains and pastas, beans, soups, vegetables, desserts. And then at the beginning, she spends quite a bit of time talking about how to get to know your electric pressure cooker. Is that a section that you spent very much time on in the book? I didn't spend a ton of time on it, but I do appreciate that it's there. I think the reason I didn't spend a lot of time is by the time I came across this cookbook, I was pretty familiar with my Instant Pot. Okay. Um, But I do really like how in Instant Pot cookbooks, like another we've talked about on the podcast is the Indian Instant Pot, how they have that section that kind of helps you to get to know uh, your pressure cooker. And so I feel like that's really helpful, for instance, if you were to give someone an Instant Pot, like their first Instant Pot, and give them a Instant Pot book, you wouldn't have to just give them the manual. Like most Instant Pot cookbooks that I know of do include like a section on getting to know it and how to use it, which I think is helpful. Yeah, I think it's helpful and it's short, which is good. I mean, her writing is pretty tight, so there's not a lot of wasted words. And yeah, it's not very many pages of the book, but it's there if you need it. What knocks your socks off out of this book? Some of my favorite recipes from this cookbook are things that are the main dishes, but also things that are the sides. So that really helped me get to know the what my pressure cooker could do, which I found really helpful. So she has a garlic rice recipe in here. Well, first of all, it never occurred to me, maybe you guys listening are going to think that I am so ridiculous (laughs) for not even thinking about this, but it never occurred to me that I should make my rice like a flavored rice. I just got into a regular routine of like my kids like plain rice with butter on it so that's what I'm going to make every night forever for the rest of my life there is no other option and she has a garlic rice in here that is very flavorful but not like so flavorful that my kids won't eat it so that recipe we do a lot sometimes if we're using the instant pot for the main dish we'll actually do that on the stovetop but that's just a great recipe and nice to know that you can use your instant pot for that some other things that we make on a regular basis I really love her garlicky Cuban pork recipe, which is very versatile. It's great with tacos. It's great on top of a rice bowl. This recipe I like more than the other recipes that I've tried because I feel like there's a lot of flavor in it. And I think that's because her ingredient list is a little bit longer. Her steps are going to have a few more steps in it than like the most basic carnitas recipe that's out there. So that's one that we make quite a bit. I want to hear what recipes you have tried from this and what you've thought about, Sarah, because I think we don't agree. This is the first time on the podcast that Renee and I don't agree about whether this is an awesome cookbook. I don't really like this cookbook. (laughs) I've cooked from it a fair amount. 
I mean, I haven't cooked every recipe out of it. Now I'm curious to try the, the Cuban pork. I would say the recipe that I have liked the most out of it was the Moroccan chickpeas. Um, I thought that was pretty good. I've made that recipe before and I've loved that recipe. For me, it, that was like a total win. And for you, I feel like I hear you saying that it was like fine. I think it was fine. It was tasty for sure. But I think the problem that I had with it, and this is one of my criticisms of this book, is that when I am cooking in the Instant Pot, and maybe this is something I need to like adjust my expectations about, but when I'm cooking in the Instant Pot, I want it to be easy. That I, is something that should be an asterisk perhaps on the title of this book. Right. Just because it is an instant pot cookbook doesn't mean that it's easy. Right. There are things about it that the easy really to me refers to mostly, but not always, the cooking time. Yeah. Or the fact that you're using one pot and you're not going to have to clean multiple dishes. Right. But it's not easy like you can dump it all in at the same time and turn it on. And There are always multiple steps. The ingredients lists are fairly long. And I... I just am not sure that it's worth it for me for something to take an hour and a half to make, which I feel like most of these things take at least an hour to make. And in my experience, they always take longer than they say. Like, for instance, last night I made the lamb tagine. Mm-hmm. I've been curious about that recipe. With the apricots and olives. It sounds great. I thought it was pretty good, but it says an hour and 15 minutes to make. It took me two hours and 15 minutes, and I was not messing around. Like, I did have to get my ingredients together, but also two hours and 15 minutes was with I manually released the pressure because it said, then let it come down naturally. And I was like, it's going to be 730 by the time I get dinner on the table. I was so (laughs) frustrated that by the time I sat down to eat it, I was like, I don't even care if it's good. I'm done. I'm over it. Yeah. So it sounds like the recipe's themselves when they're finished the food tastes good but the effort that it took to get there in your opinion is not worth it i think that's true in a couple of cases the moroccan chickpeas and the lamb tagine with those two i think that was true it was good it was like a nice layered flavor lots of textures all of Mm -hmm. that but it was frustrating enough that i was like not into it by the time we were eating it there are some others that i think are just not great. So one of the or a few of the recipes, I have made them in this book. And then I have thought, I know a similar recipe that was less work that was more yummy, that was like a similar thing. So one example is the black beans with chili and cumin. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you can make beans a zillion ways, right? I feel like the black beans with chili and cumin in this book is very simple. It's like, it can't really decide if it's like a pot of beans or if it's like a bean soup. Okay. It was soupier than like beans that I would just scoop up and put on a plate. Uh-huh. But it made me think of a couple of recipes. Like if I'm going to make beans, I could make the cowboy beans from the Tasty, uh, Hello, My Name is Tasty cookbook, which that's like a whole day process and it's very elaborate. Does that use the Instant Pot? It doesn't. Okay. No, you do it like in the Dutch oven, in the oven for like two hours. And like, you basically make these beans all day. So that's not any easier, but it's much tastier. Or from the Gwyneth Paltrow cookbook, It's All Easy, you can make this black bean soup, which tastes a lot like this recipe from Dinner in an Instant. And it takes like 20 minutes. It's like the easiest thing ever. But this cookbook is probably using dried beans for that recipe. That's true. Since that is true. And the pot. Gwyneth Paltrow book does call for canned beans. But you could do it where you just made, like, cooked the beans in the Instant Pot and then followed the Gwyneth Paltrow steps from there, and it would still be easier. Because it has a long ingredients list for something that's basically just cooked black beans. Yeah, I see your point. 
I think part of it is that she's trying to show you the breadth of what you can use the Instant Pot for. So it's a little bit of an education on the Instant Pot, but it's an education on the Instant Pot for people who are at a certain level of cooking. The Gwyneth Paltrow cookbook that you refer to in that recipe is for someone probably doesn't need a lot of cooking skill. that's very true. And like, I love Melissa Clark's recipes and I love her flavor profiles that she goes to and like the way she balances flavors. And so I appreciate her giving me a personal education (laughs) on how to use the Instant Pot for that same type of end product. But I can totally see your point that you don't need to use the Instant Pot for everything. Right. For example, there's a whole dessert section in this cookbook that, yes, you could use your Instant Pot to make dessert. And I know that there are people out there who do that a lot. And they actually, their little trick is they have two different seals that they use for their Instant Pot. One for savory dishes and one for sweet. I don't need that because I never make sweet things in my Instant Pot. The one recipe I've tried out of that section is the rice pudding with cardamom and rose water, which is delicious and wonderful. But if you're using the Instant Pot for dessert, you're going to be limited to cheesecakes and things that are like soft and it's definitely that's, not a strength of the instant pot no and so i appreciate that she has a section on it for people who are really into that but for our family with our like dietary restrictions basically most of the things in that section we can't eat because they're all very dairy laden right but i appreciate that she's trying to to give you an education and a primer on like i definitely appreciate that it. but also none of these look good to me <laughs> that's another thing that i think we so going back to the moroccan chickpeas yeah. with kale yeah that is on regular rotation in our house okay and i love that recipe because for me it is quick i haven't had that issue as much of the cooking times running over probably i have run into that before but i've made so many of the recipes at this point that i know when to start and sure. I will also make notes in a cookbook when that happens. But for that recipe, I think it comes together really quickly and I really liked the combination of greens with the bright lemon and the sweet apricots. I think that totally made the dish. If it weren't for those things, it would just be a meh flavor. But Melissa Clark has this way of like making a dish and it's fine and then she comes along and just like punches it with something that right. makes it amazing. Right. And I feel like that recipe in particular is even better the next day. Okay. And it is very pantry friendly. I don't think I have ever put the fennel bulb in there, by the way, which is one of the things in her ingredient list. So I feel like I have cooked her recipes and this cookbook enough to know... To know how to make substitutions and know when something's To make it a little simpler if you can. Yes. You know what's funny is I almost made that rice pudding with cardamom and rose water last night. I put the ingredients all in the shopping list for this week so i had everything to make it and then i opened it up and i mean this is like classic i should have just read the recipe in advance but i opened it up it was dinner time and it said it takes an hour to make plus four hours of chilling wow i was like okay so we're not eating it tonight no so then i looked again and i thought okay well we'll just eat it tomorrow i'll make it tonight while i'm cooking in the kitchen i'll put it in the fridge overnight we'll eat it tomorrow breakfast rice pudding and then it says number one put the rice in a bowl and cover it with cold water let it sit for 30 minutes to an hour and i'm like shit then drain the rice step two put the rice in a food processor or a blender and process and that's when i just slammed the book shut (laughs) i was like nope not gonna do it for cookbook club our event it made sense like you're making one dish you can really focus on that one dish read it through plan your day around it or two days but for weeknight cooking I have made none of the desserts for weeknight yeah. cooking. 
Another recipe I have made for weeknight cooking is the port braised short ribs with star anise. And I have subbed the star anise for cardamom because I just didn't have it. And it yeah. was during the pandemic. It was hard to get to the store. Sure. Um, that turned out great. I think a lot of the things in the meat section for me have turned out well, like the chicken and dumplings. Well, that's the strength of the Instant Pot. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's where it really shines is like breaking down meat to make it like pull apart, yes. you know, melt in your mouth. And it may not save a lot of time, really, because it still has to cook for a long time to get that. But it's like a cheat in terms of it's going to be pulled yeah. apart and the texture is going to be great. Absolutely. And the flavor is going to be really good. I have cooked nothing from the seafood section. Me too. Um, I have cooked several things from the grain and pasta section. Like I mentioned, the garlic rice, the wild mushroom pancetta and pea risotto turned out really good for us. Nice. My kids did not like it, which I knew that they wouldn't because it's just they're so picky. But <laughs> they don't like things that are in things right. when they can't separate things it all out. Mixed together. But Jay and I actually froze. It made way too much for two people. So we froze a bunch of it and have like pulled it out on nights when we want a side that's a little bit more exciting than what the kids want. I did uh, make the creamy macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I want to hear about how that went. That's a dish that wouldn't. It was a big. It was a big us. flop for me. I've never cooked pasta in the instant pot before, so I was kind of dubious anyway. Uh, what you do is you make a mixture in the blender of like whole milk, cream, cream cheese. I mean, it's like real heavy. Some like dry mustard, some garlic, like pretty basic. Like it's basically just a cream and cream cheese mixture. So you buzz it up in the blender, then you just pour it into the instant pot and pour in eight ounces of noodles like macaroni noodles dry noodles dry noodles and then you cook it high pressure for six minutes and then you're supposed to release it manually so like it's just in there for those you know the warm-up period and the six minutes of cooking when i opened it up after those six minutes the milk mixture was curdled which oh god is what happens in my experience, when you put a bunch of milk into the, I mean, the other experience I have putting a bunch of milk into the Instant Pot and cooking it is making the paneer from Indian Instant Pot. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's supposed to do. Like it has some acid in it. And so it curdles. And then like, that's how it breaks the curds from the whey. And then you can like strain it to make the farmer's cheese, basically. Yeah. not So it did you, that. <laughs> not something you want in your mac and yeah, cheese. Yeah, no. Though. And then you open it up and then you're supposed to dump in a bunch of grated cheese and like mix it together. And it never totally uncurdled. And it was like the liquid ratio was definitely off. And the noodles had burned at the bottom oh man onto the instant pot and so there was like crunchy parts of the noodles where they were cooked through they were just like they had burned onto the bottom and it was gross and my kids didn't eat it and i assume burned <laughs> on the bottom in not a good way because sometimes Correct. mac and cheese can be good if there's right. like but it was not a baked macaroni yeah. and cheese <laughs> that sounds so that was a real flop that one sounds but again terrible. i don't know if pasta's really i mean i've heard of people cooking pasta in the instant pot but i don't feel like it's a strength of the instant pot i think that's one thing that i'm learning as a cook is how to employ that tool for what it's best at and to just let the rest of it go because like you say people trying to do desserts in the instant pot mm -hmm. it's just not a strength of that appliance no you know? unless you want like you know the recipes are puddings and right, stuff like that right. which again like do you need an instant pot to right right make a pudding i don't know i think there are other yeah. Other ways of making those dishes that would maybe turn out just as good. I think yeah. definitely. We'll be back in a minute after this quick break. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Ringquist in her Portland, Oregon studio and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. 
You can find Dropcloth samplers on Etsy or on Instagram at Dropcloth. I have made a lot of things from the beans section of this book, which is where the Moroccan chickpeas and kale recipe is. The first time I made the hummus recipe, it made a ton of hummus, like way more hummus than anyone could ever eat. eat. If you were going to a party (laughs) with like 24 people, that would be the right amount to bring. But I realized... It's like a catering quantity Yes, totally. But then I realized when I went back and made it again later that there's a typo in the recipe and that's oh. why it made such an ungodly amount of hummus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the eight ounces of dried chickpeas is what it calls for, but then it tells you in parentheses the cups. So eight ounces of chickpeas is actually one and a quarter cups of chickpeas. Okay. But her the version of the cookbook that I have, which is the first version of it, says three and a half cups. So there's a typo where the cup increment actually doubled the amount that the Oops. recipe is based on. So maybe... Okay. You know, her version that she uses at home was that bigger version. And then the editor was like, let's cut this down so it's more of like a normal family size. So that's something that I I changed in my cookbook. The recipe turns out great for me, though. I use this recipe a lot because I love making hummus in the Instant Pot because it is super simple. We also, since owning the Instant Pot and owning this cookbook, we only have dried beans in our house now. We no longer buy canned beans a few other things from this cookbook that I have liked that have been more things that have inspired my cooking rather than recipes that I follow to the T is her recipe for bone broth or chicken stock. Right. I make massive amounts of chicken stock now. Every time we eat chicken, we save the bones. When we have vegetable scraps, we put that in the and chicken bones into a Ziploc bag in the freezer. We did and then the same thing. When that bag's full, we make stock. And then after we make stock, I immediately start making dried beans with that chicken stock as the base for it. And then I put those in pint-sized freezer bags in the freezer. So so smart. Anytime we need canned beans, we pull out one of the freezer bags. But most of the recipes that we use call for dried beans because we're using the Instant Pot. So that was a helpful education for me in this cookbook of seeing what recipes we could do using dried beans as the base. I think cooking beans, pressure cooking beans is another one of the strengths of the Instant Pot for sure. Breaking down big cuts of meat and cooking beans. Like, I feel like that's the thing that this is meant for. Yeah, I I totally agree. And those are also the recipes that I've used the most. I have cooked a couple things out of the vegetables section, like the butter braised Yukon gold potatoes. One winter, I was just up to my eyeballs in in Yukon gold potatoes. And Mm -hmm. that was a great way to just use a bunch of them. The recipe was very simple. My kids liked it. Everybody was happy. You don't need an Instant Pot to make a bunch of Yukon Gold potatoes. But I do really like the ease of minimal cleanup. I don't have to watch it. You know, Sure, yeah. It does make me sad every time I see the yogurt, cheese, and egg section because my Instant Pot is not one that has the yogurt feature, which is such a bummer. Yeah. So I have made very minimal recipes from that. I've made some of the egg dishes like the shakshuka, which I think is really good. Okay. But I don't generally make that in the Instant Pot. I have tried that recipe and it was fine in the Instant Pot, but it's just as easy for me to use my cast iron pan for that. And it's probably tastier. (laughs) Do you get a better texture on the eggs? Uh, Not necessarily. I feel like it's a wash and that's why I go back to the cast iron. I would think the texture would be better if anything on the Instant Pot. Because it's sealed. Yeah. steamier. Yeah. And she has, you know, do you need a recipe to make hard-boiled eggs? She has a recipe on how to make hard-boiled eggs in the Instant Pot. Right. So, 
again, for me, this was my first cookbook after getting my electric pressure cooker. And so that was really helpful. But you can figure out how to make. I think that's true for a lot of things. So that was one of the notes that I made is that there's some things in here that I don't feel like need a recipe. Like chicken stock. There's a button on my Instant Pot for stock. Oh, really? I just push the button. (laughs) Yeah, I think there is maybe for mine too. But somehow seeing, I guess I'm curious like what other people put in there. Sure. And then learning like not to put in onion skin, things that make it bitter over time. Yeah. I feel like the dichotomy of this book, another thing about it that kind of drives me nuts is it's that really simple stuff like learn how to use your Instant Pot, learn how to make stock or yogurt or Mm -hmm. homemade ricotta or hard-boiled eggs. And then the rest of it is like 27 ingredients and two hours of cooking time. So it kind of jumps for me. I don't know. There are two pages in the... um, vegetable section. I wonder if you've made these. I've not made them, but the photos are so beautiful. It makes me want to try the beets with dill, lime, and yogurt, and the tangerine carrots with ricotta, chives, and walnuts. Someone from Cookbook Club did make the tangerine carrots, okay. and it was delicious, but I have not personally made that, but that was a good that was a good recipe. The photos are gorgeous. I would like to try this beet recipe. I have not made it yet. I think that could be really helpful to make beets in a pressure cooker because beets do just take they take a long time to cook yeah yeah so that's one that's on my list to try but i have not tried it yet every it seems like every cookbook that has some sort of beet centric recipe always has rainbow beets in the picture because it just because it's more photogenic absolutely i'm i'm kind of passionate about my feelings on beets and i'm really just on team bull's blood beets which are the dark the dark purple ones yeah i just think the yellow ones and the other lighter colored ones don't taste as flavorful i agree so I'm just a little curmudgeon <laughs> about that. One recipe that's on my list to try also in the Instant Pot is cocovan, which is a French dish. Right. Uh, I typically make that with rooster. And Ooh. I think that other folks in other parts of the world do as well. It's a really good recipe for roosters because roosters are tough, much tougher than a hen. And when you make it in cocovan, it really breaks down the muscles and uh, makes it really kind of the only way, in my opinion, that you can eat rooster and have it taste good. So the next time we raise chicks and we have a rooster, then I think I'll try that in the Instant Pot because I could see that working really well and being really conducive to breaking down that tissue so that it's not a tough bird to eat. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I did make the mashed potatoes with sour cream and chives. They were fine. Not great. I mean, it's a nice way to like cook up the potatoes consistently, but they weren't like amazing. This cookbook was good for me because it does have specific recipes that I have enjoyed But it has also been a little bit of a nudge for me to think, oh, maybe I could make that in the Instant Pot. Right. So with the mashed potatoes recipe, I have not made that recipe and her recipe in the Instant Pot. But it was the nudge that I needed to think, like, could I roast a whole russet potato in the Instant Pot? Right. And so now that, you know, that's not a recipe in this cookbook, but this cookbook was kind of the predecessor for me having that thought. And that is now... One of the ways that we make russet potatoes on a regular basis because they turn out so fluffy in the instant pot. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of flavor bombs, though, the thing I thought that the potatoes were sort of eh, but Mm -hmm. she does this like you sprinkle them with chives and parmesan and black pepper. Yeah. And it makes them so beautiful. Yes. And And delicious. It's very, very good. She has a red lentil soup recipe in here also that has a lot of lemon on it. And I think that's another example of how she does that, where the recipe itself is fine and it tastes good and then she comes along and has a little flavor bomb right. on it. 
Well, she clearly knows what she's doing. She's like one of the most prolific American cookbook authors. She's incredible. So like, what do I know? I just, again, it's too complicated, I think, for an instant pot cookbook. There are some steps that I feel like I have cut out too after making the recipes. So sometimes when an instant pot recipe and especially ones in this cookbook, when they ask you to like cut the meat into chunks and then brown them and that takes like 15 minutes, I skip that step. Oh, okay. I might still cut it into chunks just to help with more even cooking, but I don't. Why brown them? There's no point. It's going to get soft in the instant pot anyways. That's very true. I mean, I'm not worried about that. I think that's more for color. So I have learned, you know, with her recipes in general that cut out. Yeah. There are no nesting recipes in this cookbook, which That's I appreciate. Really nice. Yeah, there's a sauce. It's part of the actual recipe, and it tells you right. all the things. And that one you need thing to make about it. Melissa Clark that we've talked about before is that she is pretty flexible with substitutions. Mm-hmm. And like I remember in that lamb tagine recipe, she says like she calls for chicken stock, or maybe she says or beef stock, and then she says homemade if possible, or just use a tetra pack of it from the store. How often would you cook from this book? Do you feel like there's some seasonal aspect to it? Weeknight, weekend? It does feel like more of a cool season cookbook just because there's so much like stewed meat and like warm flavors. But I think that's kind of true of the Instant Pot in general because it's all warm and, you know, cooked down together. It could be a weeknight cookbook, but for me, I just don't think it is because most of the recipes are an hour plus and that's if it actually only takes that long. Um, you know, there are a few like, you know, this shrimp scampi with white wine and fennel says it will take 30 minutes. So there's definitely some that are not super long cook times, but I feel like the majority of them take a while. And I guess that's where the rub is for me. It's like, if it's not a weeknight cookbook, if it's not using the Instant Pot to make things simpler, then where does it fit in in my life? When do I use it? Well, that's interesting because for me, this is a weeknight cookbook. Okay. But my life is also organized in a way where it's very conducive to making this a weeknight cookbook. Sure. Because I work from home. Right. And so I can... So you can set it up. Yeah. Set it and then walk away. Yeah. I can take my lunch break. Fair enough. Cut some stuff, whatever, start it, soak it, and then go back to work and then come back up and nudge nudge it along. You know, also the great thing about Instant Pot is that, I mean... I'm not going to condone this, but I'm just going to say that I do it in my house. I will turn the Instant Pot on and then leave my house. Okay. And I feel like it's probably not going to explode right. while I'm gone because of all the safety features on it. So that is also conducive to my life because I can use my lunch break to chip away a little bit, start start it, go back to work. You know, it's time to do all the rounds of pickups or whatever, go to the activities, the soccer practice. Yeah. I can do the next step, turn it on, leave, yeah. and then come back in like an and hour. And do you just keep it on keep warm if you're going to be gone longer than it's cooking? Yeah, it just defaults to keep warm. Right. I mean, especially those recipes where you have to let it naturally release. Right. I mean, it's going to be gonna fine. It's going to take 40 yeah. minutes to do that. Or I time it so that my Instant Pot has a delayed start. Oh, right. That's so you a can also great do that. feature for that. Yeah. So then you're home right around the time when it's supposed to be done, and then you can manually release if you need to. So I use this on a weeknight. Okay. I probably wouldn't use it on a weekend because I just don't tend to use my Instant Pot on the weekend. Right. To me, the Instant Pot is all about hands-off. I'm busy. Right. Sometimes it's about reducing the time, the cooking time, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the stuff I make in the Instant Pot is not reducing the cooking time. Right. Or if it is, it's reducing the cooking time for beans or something that takes right. a friggin' long time like to cook anyways. It would have taken you six hours, right. but now it's going to take you two. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I do cook from this on weeknights. 
Uh, I do tend to cook from it in the winter, although recipes like that Moroccan chickpea recipe is really great in the summer because you don't or the heat the Cuban up... pork, too. Yes, you yeah. don't have to heat up the whole house turning on the oven. So for me, it's it's fairly year-round. I would say in terms of gifting this cookbook, you're someone who is, like, cooking is really not your thing. You just do it out of necessity to get stuff on the table. This is not your cookbook. Right. There's a different Instant Pot cookbook out there for it's you. It's much simpler. Yeah. But if you have a new Instant Pot and you are a fairly proficient cook and like to cook, I would say this is a good gift for that person. Okay. What about you? I think I generally agree, although I don't think I'm going to be gifting it to anyone. No, I think if you don't like a cookbook <laughs> and it doesn't work for you, it's right, hard to want to right, give that totally. to anybody. Well, and I think, I mean, obviously you've heard my long list of complaints about this one, but the final thing I'll say is that even if all of those other things weren't true and I felt like every recipe I made was a home run, there are 75 recipes in this book and probably 10 of them actually look good to me. Oh, really? Like when I flip through it, I'm kind of like, eh. Doesn't sound that good. Like there's like a saffron risotto that doesn't really speak to me. I don't know. Like there's a chili, but like I feel like I have a hundred chili recipes. Yeah. Wine braised oxtails. Like that's not really how I eat. See, I want to eat like that. So I think that's just really like, yeah. There's a recipe for osobuco. Is that yeah. how you say that? I yeah. really really want to make that recipe okay. and i've gotten really close to like having all the ingredients on hand for right. it but not quite that is a little bit of a nesting recipe because it has a gremolata it's a complicated recipe yeah. that is a weekend two and a half recipe. hours yeah i mean just Took time yeah just looking at the list of ingredients and the number of steps like there is so much text on that one page which i do appreciate that she fits most of her recipes sure. on one page yeah but that's and also, I'm not going to make that for my family on a weeknight. No. Like, I love my family, but they do not deserve to eat osobuco on like a <laughs> on Tuesday. A Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is when we're, we, we get to have people over and celebrate right. with people again. Right. Then I would make that. Yeah. I do really love the way most of these recipes sound. Yeah. Because I really love Melissa Clark's ability to mix salty, sweet, savory, sour, sure. like all of those. She layers flavors, flavors. In, a, in a good way. And I love the contrast that's in a lot of her dishes. The smoky barbecue chicken is another recipe, by the way, that I made. So I barbecue chicken is a, is a recipe that my family loves. So okay. I generally make it with chicken thighs or breasts and I make it, I'm not a griller. And so I make it in the oven using this technique from the kitchen, actually, where you... In their technique, you just take a bottle of barbecue sauce and you put it on the stove and you like cook it down until it reduces so it's kind of sticky. Yeah. And then you brush it on the chicken as it's in the oven and then you flip it and you do it a little longer and then you brush it again and like you brush it a couple of times. Uh -huh. So it gets kind of sticky as if it were barbecuing on the grill. So that's how I normally make it. And I make my own barbecue sauce, which is from small victories in the very back of that book. It's a molasses barbecue sauce. My family loves that. Like they clean the plate every time I make it. So I thought, oh, here we go. Smoky barbecue chicken. I can do it in the Instant Pot. It'll be great. Eh. <laughs> and it wasn't that much easier, you know? Uh -huh. um, so, I mean, I thought that I thought it was fine. It has you like shred the chicken, which... I don't know. It just didn't really like say barbecue chicken to me. I guess the easy part is that it's hands off. Like, yeah. You're not standing by the it's stove. True. I think it maybe that's because of how our environment as we're cooking too. Now that I'm like thinking about this and un unpacking it more, it's so nuanced whether this book is going to work for one person versus another. So when I'm making dinner, I have three 
kids who all want to talk to me or have right. me fill up their water bottle or do all these things or like Amazon just dropped off a package at the door. Like somebody's, come, you know, there are too many things right. going on. Always. So I love being able to just shove it in the Instant Pot and turn on the thing and walk away from it and know that I can actually like sit down and maybe read a book with one of my kids. Sure. But for you, maybe both of you guys are home and so you can tag team yeah. it. So it doesn't matter if you have to stand by the oven and baste something. It's true. For me, I, that would burn. Like that okay. would, the fire alarm would go off and right. I can already see the future on okay. how those w- recipes okay. would work for me. That's a good insight. Yeah. I also don't, I haven't made that chicken barbecue recipe though, because for, I don't think that's a recipe that we would love as much. Yeah. So I think that is part of it too, maybe. Fair enough. One thing she does in this book that's interesting is on almost every recipe, she gives you an option to also do it in a slow cooker. I appreciate that. I have never really taken her up on that note, but I like seeing that you could easily flip it that way. If you leave for work in the morning and don't come back until six o'clock in the evening, you could do the delayed start. You may... the. The other side to that, though, is that because there's so many preparatory steps before you lock the lid and turn it on high pressure is that you may have to be there at 7 a.m. while you're like getting kids ready or getting totally. your coffee and getting dressed, doing a few yeah. preparatory steps before you can put it in there and yeah. set the delayed start. So, Sarah, I'm curious, although I think I know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> is this a book that earns a spot on your cookbook shelf? This book has been on my cookbook shelf for a little over a year. And I'm not sure I'm going to keep it. I think I'm going to pass it along to somebody else who might appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. Because I don't think it's a great fit for me. How about you? This book is definitely one that deserves a spot on my cookbook shelf. I cook from it on a regular basis. Many of the recipes in here have notes that I've written on them about how well they turned out or what I might do differently next time. So this is definitely one that has earned its spot. And it is a not thick cookbook. So it's it, very small. It actually fits in quite well to my away. crowded cookbook shelf. <laughs> we sure hope you'll join us next time when we will be cooking from It's All Easy by Gwyneth Paltrow and Thea Bowman. And cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review will help other home cooks find us too. Special thanks to Allie PDX and Freckle Jen for their great reviews that they've left us recently. We totally appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.